I'm going to invite our leadership track guys to come up for this uh, final service real quick. And as these guys are coming up, uh, just kids camp. I, would, I loved watching on Facebook this weekend. Some of the moms all excited to have your kids home and racing to the barbershop. I got a challenge for you for next year. Ready? Wait till Sunday. Let them wear their hair all weekend long. And here's why. I'm going to tell you why. Because you have a built-in evangelism tool with your kid. Like have them take their hat off at the grocery store or at the restaurant. And then you, it's a natural conversation as you are embarrassed and trying to figure out what to do with this. It's your opportunity to tell people about how your kid just got home from camp and then let them talk about what God did in their life. It could be awesome. And then the Clippers will always take it off. But um, it was really fun to watch that. And so I want to introduce you to these guys. This is our leadership track. And, and these men have just committed nine months of, uh, of ministry and just time spent growing together. And we're so proud of them and so thankful that they took the challenge to be our first ever leadership track participants. And I'll explain that in a moment. But first, let me just introduce them to you. We have Del Lookaball down on the end and Jody Beyer, Lucio Rodriguez. Travis Houston, Philo Galindo, and Stephen McGee, and we have a couple. Uh, Jody Beyer is in another class this service, and uh, we have J. Tom Snelson, who's a part of Luminous Church, and uh, they have relocated. Did somebody pop in here? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. And uh, then we also had, um, who am I missing? David Maese. Uh, David is out of town this weekend, but we had nine men participate in this. This was not just a man's thing. It just turned out to be that it was these nine men that were able to make this commitment. And what these guys did was they sensed God doing something in their life. And, and what we want to do at Mid-Cities is develop leaders. And we want to develop leaders at all levels. And so these are not, not every one of these guys feel called to pastor a church or plan a church or anything like that. But these are people who felt like God was calling them to greater weight and responsibility in the life of the church and ministry. And so we spent nine months just helping them explore and process that. And so the ultimate goal out of all this was for these guys to get some more clarity about what God's doing. It also gives us as a church an opportunity to get to know them better and their gifts. And within this group of men, there are some amazing spiritual gifts and different gifts that they have uh, that just make them. Uh, there's, it's just so fun to see the body of Christ and all the different parts and pieces and what they bring to the table. And so what they did was they committed from September through early May. They, we met every Tuesday night from 7 to 9.30. Um, we ate the same snacks every week. I mean, it was a long nine months. If there's a volunteer that would like to ramp up our refreshment process next year, that would be fantastic. That's not my gift. I'm not hospitable. And so it's kind of like whatever I can grab on the way, that's what we have tonight. Sun chips again, people. And so we had an amazing time growing together. They got to sit under great leaders. We got on Skype with some people. Uh, we were able to have guests come in. And they were able just to sit and grow and learn and get exposure to a wide range of topics and people doing a variety of kinds of hands-on ministry as part of the process. And so we're so thankful that these men laid the, kind of paved the way for this leadership track to get off the ground. And uh, if you are interested in that, I'll speak to that in a moment, but I want us to pray for them. And uh, within this group of men, there's, uh, within this group, some of these guys sense God may be calling them to plant churches. Some feel called to pastor churches. Others very clearly don't feel like pastoring is what they're about. But they do sense that there's a specific role for them in the local church. And they want to up uh, their involvement in that. And so all of that is incredibly valuable 
to our church family in addition to these guys in their individual lives. And so would you extend your hands and we want to pray for them and just pray blessing over them and thank them for paving the way uh, for a whole new process that will continue to grow here at Mid-Cities. Lord, we thank you for these men and their families. Lord, thank you for the time that they committed. Lord, thank you for the gifts that you've put in each of them. Lord, thank you for the amazing work that you're doing in each of their lives. And God, we just lift them up to you. We thank you, Father, uh, for the work that you're going to do. Lord, just continue to speak to them. Lord, continue to bring clarity. And we thank you for these men who faithfully serve uh, amongst our church family every week now. Lord, we're grateful for them and pray blessing on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give them a big hand? Thank you, guys. They were very kind and generous to come to all three services for this moment. And Now, if you're interested in saying, okay, what is this leadership track? Is Who is this for? What we would encourage you to do is this, is that, first of all, we would like for you to be actively serving in ministry now. We don't want you serving, showing to this, and then serving. What we want to do is identify people who are serving now, but if you sense God may be stirring something in you, we don't know what that is. We want to just partner with you to help unlock that. And so if you're interested in that, we would love for you to just contact one of our staff pastors. Set up a time. You can ask more questions about what this was and what it all is and, and the kinds of things that we're trying to accomplish. And then we would love to just enter a conversation with you on whether or not this is the next best step for you. We will start again in September. It's a, it's a, a nine-month process and uh, an amazing opportunity uh, for these guys. And so we're grateful. Not limited to men, by the way. It's open to everybody. Obviously, um, with child care and things like that, it was challenging for some of the wives to be a part of that. And, and so it's just how it turned out this time. Well, this morning I want to speak to you briefly about the idea of fatherhood. And specifically, uh, the, the title of today's message is The Heart of a Father. Now, I want to apply this, uh, these, this, this passage that I'll read in a moment specifically to dads today. But I want to show you that the, the passage is written to, to the church. And so I'm going to apply it real specific to fathers. But I want you to understand that every one of us are on the receiving side of this. And so this message applies to everyone. Fatherhood is interesting because when I think about my own fa- being a dad myself, I, I, it, it conjures up some of the greatest moments for me. And at the same time, some of my greatest failures. All at the same time. And I, my kids are only now entering the teen years. Can you imagine what other failures and successes I, I'm yet to rack up? And so there's this little dichotomy and this little tension in that. But at the same time, it's such a, a sweet, sweet time. And, and I know that many of us in this room have all kinds of different stories. I know some of you may not have uh, had a father figure in your life. I know that some of you may have uh, lost your dad uh, at some point. And so all of those things I'm aware of and, and certainly want to be sensitive to. But what I want you to hear today is there's a specific word for the, our dads who are here. And on a broader level, as a body, the Lord has something for all of us. Does that make sense? And so if you have your Bibles, if you will, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And there's literally just two verses that I want to share with you. As you're turning there, let me mention this. Next Sunday, I'll be speaking again. And I want to speak specifically to the topic of fight for your marriage. If you are in a marriage that's struggling in crisis, I want you to encourage you to be here next week. 
You're going, man, I mean, life is good. That's fantastic. We celebrate with you. Either invite people that need to be here or you be here so that God can impart something into you that you can then take to somebody and provide some encouragement and hope to them. Fight for your marriage next Sunday. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 11 and 12. And I'm reading out of the NIV 84. It reads like this. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Now let me set this up briefly. Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica. I never can say I just cannot say that word. It's, it's the Thessa church, okay? Let me just go short for Thessa. It just tongue ties me. And he's writing to this new church. This church is, is very young. In fact, Paul went there in a second missionary journey. He was only able to be there for two or three weeks before persecution came. A lot of Gentiles were getting saved. And the Jews ran Paul and his people out of town. And he had to get out of there. And so he's writing back to them. He's trying to encourage them. And he's encouraging them as new believers. And that's the context of the whole letter. And so... What Paul's done in this first chapter and a half to get to where we're at in this scripture here is he's just reminding them, hey, uh, we want to encourage you, we want to bless you, we want to remind you that we've gone out of our way, we've suffered greatly for you. It reminds me of parents, sometimes we do that as parents, we talk to our kids and we remind them, listen, especially when they're ungrateful, you know what I'm saying? It's like you've gone and bought them the new $190 pair of shoes that you just think is ridiculous and... You, and the whole way you're going, I'm telling you, I bust my tail for you to wear those shoes. I know you think you're going to be faster, and I, think, I know you think you're cooler now. I just want you to know I've sacrificed greatly for these dumb shoes. You better take care of them. Don't wear them in the dirt. Stay out of the mud, all that good stuff. Like they're museum pieces. Don't, in fact, don't even wear them. Let's just put them in the closet and enjoy them, okay? And so Paul's kind of like in a, in, a, in a funny little tone. He's reminding these guys, listen, we've suffered gratefully, but there's a real heart of love he's trying to communicate. Man, we love you. We care about you. And that's what gets us to the verse there that we talk about in, in 11 and 12. And he says, now listen, and he uses the imagery of a father to communicate the love and affection that he has for, his, for the church. And that's where we see, and it's three specific things. And this is where I want to affirm you today, dads, in three things. Number one, he encourages them. Number two, he comforts them. And number three, he urges them to live lives worthy of God. Those three things, dad, I want to celebrate with you for a moment, specifically as fathers. And so what does it mean to encourage? How do we encourage our kids. And today's not a bashing session. Today's a moment for you to think about the things you've done right. It's easy as dads to think about the stuff we mess up on. Today, I want you to celebrate the things you've done well, okay? And, the, and you encourage your kids. Now, this encouragement, the word encourage in this text <clears throat> has, the content, has the tone of a sense of urgency. It's this begging, pleading, like, you've got to get this. You've got to capture what I'm trying to say to you kind of a tone. There's a sense of urgency and encouragement to the kid. And I want you to think about, dads, I want you to think about the times you've encouraged your kids at all different ages, from the time they were tiny until grown children, maybe grandchildren, anywhere in that. I want you to think about some of the great moments where you've encouraged your kids. And let me help you get the wheels turning. Think about the time. Remember when you, as mom and dad, were sitting in the living room and your kid is taking their first steps. 
That's a great moment. You're down on the floor. You're talking baby talk, gibberish stuff that would be embarrassing out in the public. But you're pouring out your heart and you love your kid and that, you're watching that child begin to take their first steps and they're falling down and you're laughing and you're videoing it. Some of you didn't have video back then, but some of you are videoing that. And I mean, it's a great moment and it's that encouragement. You're encouraging them. Take the net. You got this. Come on. You can do it. <clears throat> it's a sweet, sweet moment. It's that kind of encouragement. Why? Because you know. That as your kid begins to learn to walk, it opens up new things for them. It's the gateway to the next level of growth and development in their life. And so you're excited for them to experience that. Some of you may have experienced this last week when you sent your kid off to camp for the very first time. We might have to comfort you in the next point for mom and dad who had to let your kid go by themselves. But for the kid, maybe your child was afraid and, and you had to encourage them and you were pleading with them going, oh, you're going to have so much fun, I promise. Listen, you're going to know so-and-so and so-and-so, and this person's going to be your camp counselor, and you're going to get to get on the ropes, and you're going to get to play games and go swimming and shoot archery, and it's going to be amazing because you know the value of what they're going to experience. And only a father, only a parent can communicate, listen, I know it's scary, but you got this. You can do this. You're going to love this. If you need to take your special blanket, that's fine. Your little boy's going, I ain't taking that blanket. I'm scared to death, but I am not getting made fun of for pulling my blanket out. All right, whatever you need to do, just go. You got this. If you need to, and, and you, you encourage them because you know it's going to make a difference. You help them ride their bike for the first time. You're crashing. You're working. You're working through the challenges and the, and the scrapes and the bumps because you know that that independence and freedom is the next step in their development. And it's that kind of encouragement. Paul's telling the church, listen, you guys can do this spiritually. Grow. Pursue God. It's that urgency. But again, he uses the analogy of a father loving his kid. And when we look and think about it, I want you to just reflect on some of those great moments as parents. One of, the things I can, one of the moments I can think of specifically with my son is whenever he was trying to hit his first home run. We were getting to the level that all of his friends were starting to hit it over the fence at 200 feet, little league fence. And my kid was like, I gotta, I mean, he's feeling like a loser because he can't hit a home run. And so one school night under the lights with a bucket of balls, we made a commitment. We weren't coming home until we hit one out. It took prayer and fasting, believing God for a miracle breakthrough. But we stayed, and we stayed. And I can't tell you how many pitches I threw that night. But we finally, finally, we got one out of the fence. And you know what's amazing? Once you hit one, you can hit 20. It's just getting through that first one. And I'll, I'll never forget that moment as a dad. We've had some great moments. We've had some bad moments. Nothing will capture my heart like getting to see the smile and the joy of my kid breaking through a little barrier in his world it's that heart of encouragement and dads i want you to know that you're at your best as you encourage your kids when you encourage your kids and and help them have hope you're at your best the second thing is comfort the father and he comforts his kid and and comfort in this passage is 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 the comfort that deals with difficulty and grief. I'm talking about the kind of, it's the kind of comfort that it, the Bible describes the Jews as they gathered around Martha and Mary at the loss of their brother, comforting them in the death of a loved one. When your kid's gone through incredible difficulty or loss, 
It's the kind of comfort that a, only a parent can come alongside and give to that kid. And as we think about our parenting and dads, as you think about your kids, there's perhaps been moments where you've come alongside them and, and comforted them. Let me start when they're young and work our way up. I mean, examples would be times like when your kid is bullied at school and it's finally on your radar for the first time and you come in and there's, a, there's an aspect about your fatherhood that you want your kid to know you've got them and they're safe. And you love them. And their identity and their security is not going to be defined by other people or other people's actions. Does that make sense? Or perhaps your kid was, uh, maybe your child auditioned for a play or they took a risk and, and really threw it all out there. And the disappointment at their age and in their world was monumental. And that rejection just cut deep. Perhaps your daughter went out for cheerleading and didn't make the cut and all of her friends are over there celebrating and they're getting measured for all their new outfits and this exciting new adventure and your daughter's crumpled in the corner, weeping at the disappointment and the hurt. It's the father's heart that is able to come and pick up that child in those moments. It's comforting your kid your teenager, when they go through their first heartbreak, you know the heartbreak I'm talking about. First boyfriend, first girlfriend. We call it friend in our house. We're in denial. We just call them friends. It's code word. It, just, it eases the pain and the transition that we're in. We all know we're kidding ourselves. But when that child goes through their first, I'm talking real heartbreak, and your teenager is convinced that life is over. You just, they just crossed the two-month anniversary. <laughs> you went on vacation and came home to the news that they have now moved on. It's crisis. Now listen, in our world, we can see it from a different perspective, and so we're able to go, it's going to be okay. But I'm just telling you, in that kid's world, in that moment... There is no hope. My life is over, right? And how awesome whenever you as a dad are able to come in and you're able to love and encourage and you've got a bigger vision, you can see that and you know it's going to be okay. But you've got to walk them through that. Dads, I want to thank you for the way that you encourage your kids. I want to thank you for the way that you comfort your kids in times of loss. Some of you with adult kids, perhaps you've had to walk with an adult child through difficulty through loss, through a lost pregnancy, through tragedy. It's, it can be incredibly challenging and what you do and the role that you play and the way that you're able to come alongside is so powerful. And then the final thing, the final thing he says is, as he, he, he describes this love as a father deals with his children, we've talked about encouraging, talked about comforting. Then he says this, he says, urging you to live lives worthy of God. The third thing I just want to honor you for today, Dad, is the way that you point your kids to Christ. Now listen, I know probably the first thing that pops into your mind is, oh gosh, I don't know if I'm very good at that, but listen to me. The very fact that you're in church today is one of the ways that you 
model and point your kids to Christ. You're able to model and demonstrate that there's some value in, the, in gathering with the people of God and coming together. There's many ways that you point your kids to Christ and the way that when you pray for them, something that you say, the way that you encourage them. Perhaps your kid sees you reading your Bible. Perhaps your kid sees you driving off to a men's group or going to a life group or watches your family participate or as you drop them off at youth group and they're going to go connect with some other guys. There's so many ways that you are able to point your kids to Christ and I just want you to hear that there's nothing more valuable and could I even say maybe more manly than us learning how to point our kids to Christ. Because when my kids follow me, I'm going to fail them. I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to disappoint them. But when I'm able to point them to the God who's going to sustain them and walk them, you are at your best. And you know what's amazing about this is it takes all the pressure off of us. All of a sudden, Dana, I don't have to be perfect anymore. I can get, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to continue to urge and I'm going to let people challenge me. I'm going to do my best to pursue Christ. But there's such freedom in knowing that I don't have to be perfect. But I can point them to one who is. And they begin to learn and grow in that. And it's such a special opportunity for us to be able uh, to do that as we uh, point our kids to Christ. I had a, a dad call me just last night. Literally last night, a dad called me, and they've had some amazing things happen in their family over the last couple of weeks and just some spiritual breakthroughs, and I so appreciated the heart of this dad. He said, hey, can you help us figure out how to read the Bible together as a family? We need to start reading this thing. We need to do it together. And he goes, I just, we need some help. And I just, I appreciated that humility and just that openness to say, and I said, yeah, I'm going to come over. We're going to bring our home. We're going to come over to your house this week. We're just going to talk about it. Let's get a plan and we'll work some things out that help you and your family grow. Guess what I'm going to take? The one-to-one books, the purple books. We're going to help them get a Bible reading plan. But I love the heart of a father who says, hey, can you help us? He's going to take the leadership, but like all of us, we need a little help getting going. And so I just love that moment. I want you to watch a video um, as we kind of wrap this up. And this video really captures everything we've just talked about through a song that I think you will find encouraging and helpful. This is by Shane and Shane, friends of Pastor Daniel. And uh, I think you'll enjoy this as part of our closing. I want to close with this one thought on a broader level. Again, the letter... The letter is written to the church. Paul's writing to the church. He uses the imagery of a father. So let me just close with a broader word to us as a church family. As a church family, may we continue to encourage one another. May we continue to comfort one another during the hard times. And may we continue urging one another on towards the cause and the goal of following God. I mean, that's who we are, and, and that's what makes gathering every week, that's what makes gathering throughout the week in groups and in relationships, that's the heart and the essence of what Paul's communicating to this young church, and that's what keeps us going, and it's all directed at pointing us to being followers of Christ. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you. and. Thank you for the men in this room and the dads and, Lord, single parents that carry the weight of a father and 
these areas that we talked about today. Lord, we're grateful for you, our Heavenly Father, in the way that you encourage us, in the way that you comfort us, in the way that you challenge us to seek first the kingdom of God. Lord, we love you, and I pray blessing on each of these dads today and upon our church family. In Jesus' name, amen.